Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is speaker, author, and money mentor, Pamela Plick. Pamela is on a mission to empower purpose-driven women to confidently build wealth from the inside out, providing the education, strategies, and tools to grow financial confidence, security, and freedom. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Rise to Your Money Power, a step-by-step guide for building the foundation for an empowered relationship with money. Pamela is a certified financial planner, practitioner, certified money coach, and CEO and founder of Pamela Plick Wealth Management. Pamela empowers women to achieve personal and professional success. She does this by helping them match the spiritual, emotional, and practical aspects of money and overcome feeling stuck, anxious, and or overwhelmed related to work, money, and purpose so they can become more confident, create greater financial balance, and ready to take inspired action towards building financial independence and freedom. In this conversation, Pamela talks about the different money archetypes, how to build wealth from the inside out, and so much more. Let's dive in. Welcome, Pamela. I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast and have this conversation with you today. But first, can you share with our listeners a bit about who you are, what your story is, and how you came to do this work? Georgia, thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. I have a business that I love, doing the work that I love with the freedom not only the financial freedom, but also the freedom of time to spend with friends and loved ones, as well as be able to make an impact uh, related to the causes that I'm passionate about. But that was not always the case. (laughs) Some years ago, I found myself newly divorced with a small child. Now, everything was planned except the divorce. And so I needed to learn how to make good financial decisions, create a plan, learn how to have financial security for myself and my son. And at that time, I didn't quite have all of the tools that I needed. So I developed through education and training experience, developed that knowledge and expertise to help create the life that I wanted to have for my son, again, for my son and for myself. And as a result of that, I decided to help other women. I came into a lot of contact with a lot of women who, for whatever reason, was not, were not engaged with around their relationship with money, or they needed to heal their relationship with money. So when I started my financial planning practice, I made it my mission 
to empower women to confidently build wealth from the inside out. So it starts from the inside, right? And our outer wealth is a reflection of our inner wealth. And that's why I love the work that I do and the clients that I that I work with. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing with us. And I have heard you say a couple of times, relationship with money. Uh, when I started years ago to start working on money mindset, this relationship with money was something that surprised me because we used to think of relationships with other people, but not with money. And so can you clarify what you mean when we say we have a relationship with money and how does that impact the rest of our life and our success, but also our everyday life? Sure. Let me just start with telling you what it looks like when we don't have a good relationship with money. When we don't feel good about our relationship with money, it can steal our eagerness and enthusiasm to take the bold new actions to reach our full potential, personally, as well as as in businesses. So we're not willing to take those extra steps or maybe take risks to move ourselves forward. It also can create a sense of overwhelm or trigger self-doubt in terms of like specifically for women entrepreneurs, not charging what we're worth because we're afraid that we might lose clients. And lastly, it also causes us not to fully express our unique gifts into the world in ways that have the, the biggest impact. And also what I found is a good relationship with money allows us to build that inner wealth, which gives us the power to build the outer wealth. And, you know, honestly, we can use the same tools that we use to grow our inner wealth that we do to grow that outer wealth. So having a good relationship with money means that you're being supported right? You have a vision, you're following your vision, you have a quiet knowing that the universe is supporting you, and you take inspired action on the steps that you need to take for your financial future. That's beautiful. Everyone's listening to this and say, yeah, that, that's what I want. And yet the road to get there can be very challenging because when it comes to money, there are so many limiting beliefs, so many stories that uh, we inherit without even realizing it. What uh, are the most common limiting beliefs that are holding women back from having a good relationship with money and achieving the abundance that they desire and deserve? I believe it starts with our vision. We have to decide, hey, this is have a a vision, a big grand vision of how we want our lives to look maybe a year from now, five years, 10 years from now, and write it out. I recommend that women write out their vision, not just in, in the area of money, but all areas of their lives. And there, our vision is kind of our compass, our true north that guides us to where we want to go. And in terms of some, and it also helps with the money blocks, because sometimes we will have these limiting beliefs or negative thoughts that come in. But if you have that vision, 
you read the vision and I recommend reading it daily. That helps you to stay focused. It helps you to stay centered and know where you're going. And it helps with some of the the limiting beliefs that we have. A couple of common beliefs that I hear. Number one is I'm not good with money. I hear that a lot from women. And the thing is, our beliefs, those limiting beliefs or those blocks, most of the time they're imprinted upon us as children, either by our parents or other authority figures. If you think about what you heard growing up in the household, how was money talked about? Was it even talked about? Do you feel that, was there a sense of lack or a sense of prosperity in your household? All of those things go into shaping our money beliefs. And so I'm not good with money is one. Another one that I hear often is, I can't charge what I'm worth because I may lose customers, right? The thing is, it's not our job to determine what our clients can afford right? It's up to them to make that decision. So that's a common one that I hear. Another one is I can't make money doing what I love. So we have a tendency to to play small or stay in a job that that we've outgrown because we don't feel that we can make money doing what we love. Another one is I need to do it all myself even though I may be feeling overwhelmed, but my mindset is I need to do it all myself. And that's a that's an interesting one, especially for women, because we traditionally are the nurturers. We take care of others. And so we traditionally don't ask for help, but it is okay to ask for, for help, to ask for support. And then lastly, I have a good income, but I will never get my finances in order. This one comes back, comes from the childhood, the beliefs that were imprinted upon us, because a lot of times when I work with women, they say my parents weren't, or at least one of the parents wasn't good with money. So that's why I'm not good with money. My parents never taught me about money, but the thing is, The good news is that money beliefs are generational. They're not yours, right? And you can change those. You can change them today and change your money story. Yeah, there definitely are lots of stories that we just pick up without even realizing it. And what stood out to me as we were talking is that a lot of these limiting beliefs, they are very disempowering because it's like I can't charge or I will lose Mm -hmm. I can't do what I love or I won't make enough money so there are all ways in which we are giving our power away the thing is with that it kind of the underlying belief is I'm not worthy I'm not worthy of achieving the goals that I want to achieve And so that is something that has to shift in order to be able to create that good relationship with money. Can you talk a bit more on ways in which 
women give the power away and how they can turn that around and regain the power and feel worthy of money, abundance, and success, and whatever they desire. Some of surprising and unrealized ways that we give away our money power, and these are the top three that, in my experience, first of all, having someone else take care of our finances. So if we're a part of a couple, having your spouse take care of your finances, or maybe having, maybe you're working with an advisor, having them take care of everything for you. Now, it is okay to ask for support, have expertise, but you need to be a partner in that relationship or in a partner in taking care of your finances. You should not turn over your money completely blindly to anyone. You need to be engaged, right? So having someone take care of your finances. Putting others' need others needs ahead of our own. And we talked about us being the nurturers. And that's kind of ingrained in us as women to take care of others. One of the things I think that's interesting is we all know the importance of self-care. But typically, if you think about self-care, what is it? Maybe I'll go get a, a massage or I go get manicure, go exercise, but not thinking about taking care of yourself financially is also a form of self-care and a form of self-love. So putting yourself first is really, it's not selfish because we need to, if you think about the analogy when you fly on an airplane and the flight attendant talks about safety, right? They talk about if the cabin pressure drops, you know, and you have someone, you know, so a, a child next to you, you put the mask on yourself first, right? And put the mask on the child. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, then you're not able to take care of others that are dependent on you. So putting others' needs ahead of your own. And then the third one is procrastinating on financial decisions. And this is actually the number one way that women give away their money power is through procrastination. And the reason typically for procrastination is fear, out of fear, the fear of making a mistake. We don't know what to do. So we just don't do anything, right? Or maybe, you know, our statements, we're, we're fearful. We don't want to open our statements. I, I had a lady once tell me, she now she's a successful entrepreneur. And she said, I was with my accountant and I told her, I don't want to know how much money I made last year. Now, who wouldn't want to know, right? It's okay yeah. to make money, right? Because the number, you know, we make money, the more money you make, the more you can help, right? Or make an impact. So fear, the fear of making a mistake. But the good news is that's easily overcome through financial education. And that way you can make informed decisions. So getting that financial support that you might need, whether it's financial education, whether it's working with a professional so that you can take the next step. 
and get out of the procrastination. I agree because at some point I did most of them myself. You can easily find today, thanks to the internet, the right strategy, the right financial plan to get out of debt, to make more money. We have strategies, but what's really stopping us again is this fear of making a decision, this feeling of dread and fear. If we don't have a good rich money, as you said, then all these feelings that you have towards money, they are going to stop you from taking action to actually implement those strategies and get out of the situation where you are right now. Do you have any tips on how women can deal with those feelings to lessen the fear so they can take action? Um, Absolutely. There's three keys. What my focus is, is to, in order to build that outer wealth, we need to create the inner inner wealth. And there's three keys to that. Number one is understanding understanding your current relationship with money, right? So knowing what what were those beliefs that that came into play? What are some of those beliefs that were imprinted upon you that are showing up in your life today? Why do you make the financial decisions that you make? And later, I think that we're going to give the listeners access to an easy way to identify um, your current relationship with money is, is taking the money type quiz. And that identifies what archetypes, what are those voices in your head that are driving your financial decisions. That's number one. Number two is understanding how you're hardwired against money, uh, uh, around money. So once you understand what your current relationship is, how it's showing up in your life today, what are those actions that you're taking that may be less than positive related to money? Then you understand how was I hardwired around money? What were, again, those beliefs that were imprinted on on us as children? How was money talked about in the household? Who had the most influence about around money? And it's not just parents, right? It can be authority figures. Sometimes it's our cultural beliefs. It can be religious beliefs. There's a lot of things that go into that. And so then you, you want to understand how you're hardwired around money. Then you can start to take those actions that you need to take, which will lead to the third step, which is actually change your money story. So realizing that this, this story was imprinted upon me, but I as of today, I can change that story and make it a positive one. So those are the three, the three pillars to changing your your money story, unlocking your money power. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And 
my business was growing at the snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months and my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious, it's like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know deep down that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world 
and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. And to say that I liked your fraudulent sleep there when you say how wired against money instead of around money because I feel that we are a wire like against money that our conditioning really is to keep money out to like fight against money like, like it's a bad thing and you have to keep it away when actually you can do so much good with money and it's about to do that hard wire so that we are wired for money so that we can receive money and uh, use it for good because it has been demonstrated that when women earn more money then we give it back to society, to our community, to our family, and we can do so much good with that. So changing that Harwari and changing your money story is the, one of the most selfless things that you can do. It's interesting that I I hear that specific one a lot from the creative women that I work with. And that's actually one of the eight money archetypes is the creator artist. And what I hear them say is, I don't want to think about money. I just want to help people. I want to do the work that that I'm called to do. But again, what I tell women entrepreneurs or actually all women, that it's okay to make money because we as spiritual If we're spiritual and we want to live a life of abundance, prosperity is part of that. Now, just because you make money doesn't mean you have to keep it. But the more money you make, the more good that you can do in the world, the more that you can make an impact on the causes that you, whether it's family members or social causes you know, that you are passionate about. And I hear that, I hear that a lot. Because the bottom line, we're in this 3D world, right? We have to, we're here at 5D. We're actually here to make, you need money to live in the world, right? It does take money, but you don't have to, you can do more, you can do good with it. You don't have to keep it. Um, that's actually another archetype, someone that hoards money. <laughs> There's actually eight money archetypes and they make up our money personality and how, and they drive our financial decisions. Is it okay if I go into oh, yes, what please. are? Okay, good. The archetypes are not your, not who you are, but they are there to be teachers to us, to let a, to teach us something. And also the money archetypes are determined by your energy at this particular time. So the, in, in, in your life, and so they can change over time, but there's eight. The first money archetype is the innocent. And the innocent takes the ostrich approach. You think about the ostrich with their head in the sand. They take the ostrich approach to money matters. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. Let me let someone else deal with it, whether it's your spouse or someone else turning over the responsibility for your financial future to someone else. The second one is the victim. 
the victim, victims are prone to living in the past and blaming others for their financial situation. This one, how that might, what I hear related to that is, well, if my parents had taught me about money, I would be better with my finances. Or if it wasn't for my divorce, I'd be better, better off financially. The third one is the warrior. And the warrior sets out to conquer the money world and is generally seen as successful. The warrior in us is the one, uh, the archetype that creates the plan and the action steps and works towards towards those steps, right? To, works towards those goals. That's the warrior. And then the, there's the fool. The fool is a gambler by nature. The fool is always looking for a windfall of money by taking financial shortcuts. So what you might hear from the fool is related to, let's say, investments, for example. No, I haven't. I haven't researched this investment, but I hear it's a good it's a good deal. So I'm gonna go ahead and invest, or making decisions without actually thinking through, thinking through their plan. The fifth archetype is the martyr. And we talked about the martyr. A lot of women are have some martyr archetype in them because again, we are the nurturers. The martyrs are so busy taking care of others' needs that they often neglect their own. So, and then there's the creator artist. Again, that's the creator artist has one foot in the spiritual world and one foot in the physical world. And they kind of have a love-hate relationship with money. Don't want to deal with it. Just want to do the work without thinking about the money side. And the tyrant, tyrant uses money to control people, um, control people, events or circumstances. So if, if you know, you've had ever had a relative that said, yes, I'm going to loan you, I'm going to loan you this money, but I want to know how you're spending it. That, that's the martyr or the, the tyrant. And then lastly, it's the magician. The magician is one of the ideal money types because the magician has a, we talked about a quiet knowing that the universe is supporting us, right? We're getting, we have our vision. The universe is supporting us. And by listening, we're gonna be able to take that inspired action and there are three ideal archetypes that we want to strive for. We want to strive for the, the warrior, which is the person that warrior takes charge, the creator artist, because we still want to have that spiritual part of it, and the magician that is the manifester. So I do, most, most of the, the folks that take the quiz, they see that usually there's I, I use the analogy of the front seat and the back seat of a car. So the dominant archetypes are the ones sitting in the front seat of the car. They're the ones driving your financial car. But there's also those archetypes that are in the back seat, like the back seat driver. For example, if the warrior, the warrior might be driving, right? Because the warrior is the one that creates the plan, creates those action steps. Or the warrior might say, okay, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I look at my finances at least once a week. But you may have the innocent in the back seat saying, you know what, you really don't want to look at your financial statements. It's okay, just skip it for this week, right? So we have the dominant and we have the 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 back seat <laughs> the back seat drivers. But ideally, what we want to work towards is the the warrior, the creator artist, and the magician. Those are the three that we want to cultivate. Well, thank you for explaining that. Because as <laughs> even as we were talking, I was like, oh, I think I have that, and I think I have that. And yeah, <laughs> as human beings, again, we there's a lot of conditioning to mm-hmm. uh, unwrap, right? So it's it's good to know how all these forces play. And know that again, you always have a choice. You can start to stay where you are, or you can decide to just try for those three archetypes: the, the the magician, the warrior, and the creative artist. That can decide who gets to drive the car, and you in the background just shut up and not listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> Once you know what your archetypes again, that's that's that first step, understanding your current relationship with money. And an easy way to do that is identify your archetypes. And once you've identified them, then you can take the steps. You can see how they're showing up in the financial decisions that you're making. You can take the steps to shift those archetypes to the the three, you know, the ideal archetypes. And the other thing I wanna mention is there are three pillars of money that we need to address when we're talking about creating a good relationship with money. There's the spiritual, the emotional, as well as the practical side. So for example, if we know that we need to uh, create a plan, a financial plan, for example, or we know that we need to create a savings plan or investment plan, but we're not doing it. We know that we need to do it, right? We're not doing it. Then there's something that needs to be addressed in the other two pillars. So the spiritual part is what are the spiritual beliefs? And sometimes religion comes into it as well. What are the beliefs that were instilled upon you around money, the spiritual side of money? Sometimes one of the things that was said, the root of all evil is money. But that's actually, people like to quote that, that the Bible says the root of all evil is the love of money. And that's not true. The Bible does not say, say that. So thinking about the spiritual aspect and then the, the emotional, why do we make the financial decisions that we make? Are we making them out of emotion or are we using you know, logic? To, to make those decisions. And there's a lot of emotions that go come into play when it comes to financial decisions, whether it's fear, anger, uh, boredom, right? A lot of emotions. And so we have to identify when we're making financial decisions, am, am I trying to fulfill some need, internal need, or is this truly a decision, a financial decision that's going to move us forward towards our vision, towards our goals. And then again, the practical side. So if you address the spiritual, you've addressed the emotional, and then you are ready to take that inspired action 
whatever that action, next right action is for you. That is a very good point because, again, we like to think that we make decisions logically, but as human beings, we are emotional creatures. Mm -hmm. And it's really our emotions that drive our decision and then we rationalize it. It's finding alignment. I'm using both the spiritual, emotional, and practical side to draw me towards my vision and take that inspired action. Absolutely. And identifying where you are, what is what is the goal that you wanna you want to achieve or what is your intention? And then in each of those pillars, identifying one small but significant step that you can take to get to where you want to be. Identifying your money story, changing the story is the first step, but you have to take action and it's going to be so much easier to take action once you come from a place of empowerment instead of a place of fear what is important to me when i work with my clients is help them helping them overcome feeling fearful stuck or overwhelmed and are overwhelmed related to their relationship with money so that they can become confident achieve peace of mind and ready to take that inspired action to create the financial freedom. So it is a process, but it's so rewarding when you do have a great, a good relationship with money, because then you can bring your unique gifts into the world in a way that has the greatest impact. And the world needs our unique gifts. So, <laughs> so that that's that's really what I'm what I'm passionate about. Yes, I I couldn't agree more. And again, we need money to do that. As someone that is, and, and you are the same. Like we both are. Our job is our calling. This is what we are here to do, and. Let's be honest, it takes money to run a business. It takes money to create impact in the world. Then we get out of our own way and heal our relationship with money so that we can make the impact that we want to make and that we can uh, live the life that we are here to live and create the change that we are here to, to create. So that is beautiful. Is there, oh, is there anything that you would like to add or mention who you are up? I just wanted to mention that an easy way to identify your current relationship with money, I have a free uh, money type quiz, and I believe you're going to put the link yeah. uh, below the, the, the podcast. And it only takes five minutes and it's free. And it is it, the re feedback that I've gotten is it's really life-changing because it identifies where you currently are in terms of the, the money archetypes. And it really, that's the first step. And that's why it's so, it's so important because we need to understand where we are before we can make a change, right? You can't make a change if you don't know where you are currently. So I think that's so, um, so important. 
It is. As you mentioned, we're going to put the link in the show notes below. And I do encourage everyone to take the quiz because if you don't have the money or the abundance that you desire, then the first step is definitely understanding where you are right now, what your archetype is, that you're making decisions so that you can make the change from an empowered position. So thanks so much for sharing that. And for anyone that wants to go deeper with this work and they want to know how to work with you or be in your community, where can they find you? They can actually find me. I do have a Facebook community. The name of the community is Rise to Money Power. And it's a a community for purpose-driven women entrepreneurs and professionals who want to create a good relationship with money. It's a wonderful, supportive community of of women, like-minded women. And that's a great place. And they can also go to my website, you know, PamelaPlick.com. And, and I'm on social media. So, (laughs) so wherever you want to, you know, find me on social media, but becoming part of the community is a great way to stay connected and to continue the conversation. We're going to put again on the links in the show notes for anyone that wants to go deeper with you. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us. It has been incredible. Well, thank you so much again for having me. I I really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you, Georgia. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.